Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and a fine Balls McWednesday to you and yours. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in the house on Twitter, it's at Cameron Show. Talk Portal, feels like that news changes by the hour. I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's fun, it's interesting, it's our job to cover it, to talk about it, to make note of it, to kind of try to analyze it as best we can, but it is not easy, and it's always changing. Um, so they got good news yesterday, Florida State did, to recap. Tomiwa Derajaye signed with Florida State, the defensive end from West Virginia. Um, and that was really good news. I, I think the potential for him is pretty high to be a, a, a good football player. And uh, he's 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 got multiple years to play, and he's athletic, so we'll go from there. They um, are still working on others uh, within that realm, and, and there's positive energy. There's some good stuff out there. Let's wait and see. And I say wait and see because I see you guys in the chat, and I looked at stuff during the break and you know I you can't we can't live and die with kids on social media I just I can't do it (laughs) I can't do it Tom I can't do it when they're like all in can't wait proud to be a Noel this is what this era has done to me I'm like maybe maybe guys could tweet out Guys could tweet out, uh, hey, you know, I've never wanted to be anywhere in my life more than I want to be in Tallahassee, Florida and play for the Florida State Seminoles. Here's a picture of me weeping in celebration of joining the tribe. I can't believe I get to play on Saturdays for Florida State. Here's another photo of me walking campus currently. By the way, fellas... Look at all these beautiful women. I'm here in Tallahassee to stay forever. What an incredible town. What a great university and tradition. I'll be here forever. This is my home. Let's go. Can't wait to see you all Saturdays in the fall. I'd go. Maybe. I don't know. Not so sure. Not so sure I believe them. I don't know if that's accurate. Or they could tweet out or Instagram out or Facebook out, or Snapchat out, or TikTok out, or whatever it is that they're doing. I hate this place, and I hate Mike Norvell. I want this city to burn to the ground. These bastards are liars, cheats, thieves, whores, all of them. I hate them. I'm never coming back to Tallahassee. 
and I would go, I think there's a good chance we get him. Good chance we sign him. I think we're going to be all right. Let's just wait and see, guys. Breathe. Let's just wait and see. So this is, this is, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But, but sir, <laughs> Marvin Jones Jr. Instagram has no Florida State stuff whatsoever, including his uh, transfer commitment post. And in his reels and his stories, yeah. I should say, there are two posts of him in Georgia uniforms in the, in the last hour. Yeah, well, that doesn't seem ideal, does it, Tom? But I don't know. <laughs> it may not mean anything. I'm just, sir, I, I think you need to take this more seriously. <laughs> uh, we'll wait and see, buddy. Wait and see. Feel pretty good. Feel pretty good he's going to be here. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Maybe in the, the next commercial break, we'll get another one. So I was going to say, the sad thing is, you know, the coaching staff legitimately has to, because there are unlimited transfers these days, worry about this at all times. So I'm sure that whether it's somebody's full-time job or an intern or a graduate assistant or whatever. Oh, it would suck. Like, their job is to monitor player social media at all times, flag it if there's something concerning, and then pass it up to another staffer. Like, does Bruce get Bruce? Can you come imagine? In here. Can you imagine Bruce, who's worked in the NFL and helped move a franchise from one city to another, yeah. being told, "Hey, Bruce, can you check on Johnny's TikTok?" Right. Yeah, he was or, dancing in some jersey that is not ours. It could be Derek Ray's job. You know, Derek. Look, I know you said don't call you, only text. Don't call me unless there's a red flag here. Uh, but uh, this guy, he just posted a reel, and it's in Athens. And, it, like, he, he actually did the location services, and it says Athens. Now, was he on a vacation, Derek, or is this something that I, I should have called you about? Yeah, I can't. I wouldn't. I don't think. You'd have to pay me a lot of money. You'd have to pay me a lot of money. I mean, like, I don't want that call, right? Norvell texted me at 5.37 a.m. Jeff, listen, I need you to drive on over to uh, to Kyle's apartment. Remember where he lives the last time you had to do this? You mean last week, Mike? Yeah. He's been TikToking. Now, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I don't know. You know, might have been out partying last night, but he had on a Memphis shirt. I don't think we're going to lose the kid to Memphis, but he was wearing a Memphis shirt. And then he jumped in a pool. Whose pool was that? I need you to find that out. And then also, what's with this Memphis stuff? Need to know that he's going to be playing backup right guard for us come the fall. I'll be right on it. I'll get over there. Can you send me the link to the TikTok of him jumping in said pool with the Memphis shirt? This is what we're doing? It's, it's, oh, man. Well, the thing is, too, with those apps, if you don't have the native app on your phone and you get sent the link, it's this other thing, you know, it could send you to a web page and it's like, sign up now. So that means that legitimately you would have to be on. Yeah. You have to have an account. So <laughs> you have to sign up for an account. And you know what? If this was a thing when the Yeti was around a few years ago as a social, I mean, my guy, like think about all these little apps that you have to have communiques on. If you're the director of high school relations for Florida state at the very least, 
but probably even it rises to the level of position coaches, coordinators, and maybe the head coach, that you have to have all of these apps on your phone. And if you're Mike Norvell, maybe you have a list of all your players on TikTok so that you can check every so often. That, you know, there there are, yeah, there are player, uh, there are apps in social media services and whatever that I, I've never heard of. I learn about them all the time through my kids. And I tried this game that we're talking about that a coach would have to go through now. So, like, let's say, all right, so this is what's out there now. Marvin Jones Jr., For if you're wondering why we're doing this, has, has, I think they call it Scrubbed, his social media uh, platform, whichever one it was. Instagram, is that right? As though he was the founder of uh, WikiLeaks or he was Snowden. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and he's scrubbing his hard drive before the feds get to him. So he's he's scrubbed his uh, social media accounts of Florida State stuff, and people are flipping out. And you know, okay, I get it. I just was, I'm just saying, based on what we were talking about, it's hilarious. It's just I wouldn't do it. I just all right, man. But I know what I know how it happens, though. I know this is the hard part. On a serious point. And, and this is, it seems absurd to all of us. Once you get past the age of like 25, you'd be like, well, this is just stupid. What? But if you're 17 or 18 or 19, or more importantly, just you grew up in this, this era, you have been the star of your own film since you can remember. That's all you know is this vapid, ridiculously, well, I don't want to go down this road. But anyhow, it, that this is all you know to be true, is that you are the star of your own movie. Now add that you're good at football or basketball or baseball or whatever it is that's going to see you get recruited in the way that kids get recruited. And you're told from the time you're very young, you're the best of the best of these kids out here. You're bigger, stronger, faster, and that's going to pave the way. And then people are going to fall all over themselves to tell you this on a daily basis, but they have ulterior motives. They're going to try to manipulate you to do this, this, and this. And so the only thing you know is that when you do something like this, when you make a movie or a, you know, a reel or you post something uh, controversial on Twitter, or whatever, that everybody reacts in mass. You get thousands upon thousands of views and tweets and retweets and impressions and all of the things that you so desperately desire because it's all you've ever known. And there is the, I mean, the the magical release in your brain that says all is right because this is happening and you are then brought back to it over and over and over again. Like this is, this is their world. It's awful. It's an awful thing that they don't even realize it. And then to have some old man like me sit back and be like, yeah, you look like a dumbass, all of you. You look ridiculous. They can't even relate in the same way that I can't relate to them. But I know where the origin is. I get it. I know where it's from, and I know why. But you can be an old man, and you can be in those offices at Moore or mm. wherever across the country, and you have to sit in a meeting in which your director of high school relations or your general manager of the operation says, look, I just want to be clear on communication. If it rises to the level that we have a player who scrubs all of their Florida State <laughs> stuff, do you want to be notified about that? Is that is that at the level that we should call you? Or you would have to do it, right? 
you have that's a conversation that has to happen. Like, okay, is it uh, what about uh, what about a uh, let's see a reel? If they release a reel where they say something negative about the staff, do you want to know about that, or is that something I handle? Is this a curse word in a tweet? We gonna leave that be. That's cool. We're all, all right there. Yeah, all right. There's certain code words that you will be notified uh, when used. That is a standard. It's in your contract. You can read it over. I'm not going to waste our time in the meeting here. There are certain words that if used, you have to respond to immediately. Um, what if the coach, they live stream on IG and um, they're in the driver's seat of a car. And let's say that, you know, they're just talking, but clearly they're, they're not abiding by traffic safety. You know, give what happened to Georgia. <laughs> Given, given what happened to Georgia, should we should we nip this one in the bud? Should I call you? Well, okay. Are they not abiding by the letter of the law to uh, the traffic uh, statutes, or are they racing at 140 miles per hour at one in the morning? There's a big difference, so you gotta let you gotta let me know. Look, we can all agree that Georgia had a major culture problem last year when it came to that. Uh, now I know we don't talk about that this year because of the Orange Bowl narrative. But, uh, but let's be honest, Coach. I mean, you know, we don't want that Georgia situation here. We, we don't want that situation here at all. So, you know, when do I call you? Is it is it the safety belt? Is it racing? Anything in between? Running a red light? What if somebody captures them on TikTok running a red light at College Town uh, after 11 p.m.? Should I call you then? <sighs> it's exhausting. I would want to rise to a level where I didn't have to worry about it. But you can't do that, of course, if you're a uh... – if you're a head coach, you can't do it. You got to you got to pay attention to all of it. You got at least have somebody who's making you aware of it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, guys. For those of you who asked me the question in the chat, email, Twitter, all of it, I don't know what's going to happen with Marvin Jones Jr. I don't even know what it means that he scrubbed his Instagram page. I know what it means, like they, he took off Florida State or whatever. But I, does that mean he's gone? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I just know that if you worry about this sort of thing, you're going to be worried 24 hours a day, all day, seven days a week, year round, because it never ends. There's always a guy. And this is apparently everywhere. And it makes it very difficult to gauge on what your roster is going to look like. And that's what we're trying to get to. Like I was talking about half kidding, half, you know, tongue in cheek, but I was just talking about the good moves that Florida state made yesterday. Um, Tell me why Dirajai coming here is a big deal. I think that's a good get for them. They're in the running to be able to get another um, defensive end, we think. They may end up bringing in the Zion Young kid from Michigan State. We'll wait and see. Now, we're still waiting on Briggs here on this defensive line. That'll affect um, you know, the, the money some and then also scholarships and what you're doing. I don't know if he's going to play or not play. There are a couple of names for the offensive line, including Ferguson, that we're waiting on. I think Florida State is fighting with Oklahoma uh, for that get. We'll see if the Richie Leonard kid comes in from Florida. They're still fighting to bring him in as well. Uh, DJ Lundy, who, if you missed the news in the first hour, has now removed his name from the transfer portal despite having gone out to Colorado and taken pictures in a Colorado uniform and been added to the Colorado football roster. Instead, uh, now it's um, you know looking like he may be very well back here at Florida State University playing football. Now, what does that mean? My assessment of DJ Lundy is, Lundy is that he's an average linebacker. But you don't have a lot of linebackers. In sheer numbers, you don't have a lot of linebackers, and you certainly don't have a ton of quality linebackers. So getting DJ Lundy back is a plus. Uh, it, it, it will be, uh, you know, you need him. You need him. He's played a lot, and he's very good against the run. So, okay, you got something there, and uh, I, think that I, I think they need to add more. We'll see if they do. There's still certainly a conversation that centers around what else happens come the spring. 
Spring can't get here fast enough for me, guys. I'm really excited about the competition that's being created, created now. If we look at big picture, what Florida State's done, they brought in a lot of speed. You see some really talented players that have made their way in from the likes of LSU and Alabama and Georgia. That's good news. We talked about the defensive backfield already, Tom, so that's not why I'm re-glossing over that or not glossing over that right now. But there's real competition here, real speed here, and some depth along this defensive line. It looks like they're going to add to the offensive line as well. Uh, Let's see. Let's see if they can do anything out to complete the roster. And, again, I think we'll know most of this stuff, whether it is – the Oregon State defensive end, whether it's Ferguson on the offensive line, whether it's uh, Leonard on the offensive line, whether it's uh, another edge rusher uh, in addition to what we just brought in from West Virginia. We'll know most of all this by Friday, certainly Saturday morning. So you don't have to hold your breath too much longer, but the stuff that I'm making fun of and kind of just you know rolling my eyes at, that's stuff you have to worry about every day if you want to. I mean, the thing is, yeah, it's, it's maddening. As I understood it, most of the kids that had announced via the portal to us enrolled this semester, you know, and the deadline is tomorrow with the Dean's list, you know, without the Dean's letter or whatever. Um, but it's my understanding that they enrolled. Now I don't know if that creates a logistical hurdle or a logistical mountain, you know, to, if you were going to, if any one of the kids really, I'm just speaking generally now, like, I don't know with the way the NCAA rules are now, if you enroll in a university in a semester, that that creates a, a major problem for you to go back to another university or not. Um, but as I understood it, like most of the dudes that we've heard about since since Marvin, who was the first one, but in the, that slew since then, and they're already here enrolled and ready to go because they need to be available for spring practice. So that would just be uh, another funny one. But then again, in a world in which DJ Lundy is still on Colorado's <laughs> wore, website. Wore a Colorado sh- jersey, pads, all of it. I suppose that anything's possible. I mean, you know, it, it's possible that even maybe uh, Zaxby's might open up a place right here in, in Queens County, New York, right next to where I live. And maybe I just have one that I go to lunch every day for. Proud Golden Chief boosters they are at Zaxby's for over 18 years. 19 full years now, we could just say it, Tom. Food's yeah, delicious. Graphic. Yeah, it's been a full 19. Yeah. Uh, so, Hey, there you go. Get you some Zaxby's 132 locations here in Tallahassee. That's more than enough to find on your drive home. Don't feel like cooking tonight. Get you some tasty Zaxby's with that spicy Zax sauce. Tom's in love with the Texas toast. You could dip it in the Zax sauce too, by the way. You You can kind of do an impromptu sandwich, Tom. You could take the finger, dip it in the sauce, take the, Texas toast, wrap finger in said Texas toast, double dip in the sauce, and you're rolling Big River. You have to get kind of like into it too when you when you when you do that. You're like Texas toast. <laughs> like you have to really like lean into it. Give so that. if hey if, babe, can I have some of that? Uh, yeah, Texas toast. If Jamie's by the uh, platter, do you go Texas toast, please? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's in that container over there? Texas, Texas toast. toast. Always Texas tasty toast. Texas toast is in that container. I tell you. I'll take two slices. Go on, get. <laughs> it's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk I used to get nervous when we played this because there's this opening line and it would go right up to the edge of being able to let him say that. <laughs> then we would jump in. But uh, good to be with you on a Balls McWednesday. Missed on a couple of Super Chats. Let me get to them. South Florida Noel 1 wrote, watched my first FSU basketball game of the season last night. They weren't bad. Hopefully they're finding their footing. Yeah, talked about that a little bit earlier, South Florida. No, probably when you uh, tweeted this in or, excuse me, chatted this in and I didn't bother to respond to it. So you're right about that. Um, a lot of nice runs there for Florida State to counter and then Wake countered back. But uh, if you're just talking about balance of performance, uh, a lot of guys played, a lot of guys scored. You had great performances from Jameer Watkins and Bob Miller and Darren Green Jr. Uh, so Florida State was really bad in the non-conference. Uh, I know the record is, says they're mediocre, but when you look at the quality of the opponents, six and five was not ideal in the non-conference portion of the schedule. They are in a three-way tie currently, however, in the ACC with Wake and Duke, and that's another win. And so it was that uh, last hour. Little ding ding. They're on pace to be a ding ding, as opposed to the beep beep. And uh, last couple of years, they weren't even. 
they weren't even eligible for the beep beep. So uh, you'll you'll go with the ding ding for those old school listeners and hope by Cal at some point it elevates to a choo choo. Right now I haven't had the heart to do it, but they do play Notre Dame this weekend on Saturday. Notre Dame on the year seven and nine, two and three in the ACC. Very young team playing a little bit better right now. Notre Dame is than they did to start the year. They've been battling back as well, so it won't be as easy as it looks on the surface given their record. Uh, they'll play hard. They'll play better than they were playing earlier in the year. You'll have to go earn it. But Florida State might be good enough to go do that. Joshua Stevens writes, "What are we doing about linebacker for spring practice?" Are we just going to ride with DJ? He means DJ Lundy, who it looks like now is back at Florida State. Uh, Riding with DJ and the youngins? Are we moving Courtney and Barker? Well, Courtney was already moved, you remember, at my behest. Uh, And as far as Barker goes, yeah, I think someday he could be a linebacker. He's certainly big, and you could put some weight on him. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, if so, he rides two fingers to my eyes, two fingers to Randy. Oh, buddy, those two fingers to my eyes and back to Randy, and then again and again and again and again and again and again and again has been done by me uh, repeatedly. I, I don't know what purpose he serves currently uh, on this staff. They're they're not able to get kids on campus. They don't win over big-time recruits at linebacker. Linebacker play isn't great. Uh, yeah, I think there's all kinds of problems there. But, hey, that's me. We'll see. Uh, they just got an extension. <laughs> that, that hurts your feelings. That's a, that's a toughie. But, then again, uh, Mike might see it differently, and he's the head coach. They went 13-0 and played real good on defense, so there it is. Lessons to be learned, in my opinion, if they don't do something uh, at that spot soon. I think think they've got to do something. Um, I'm a little frustrated. We'll see. They're maybe in on the Alabama linebacker. Is it what is Blackshear? Is that his name? Is that uh, he's – Blackshire. Yeah, Blackshire, yeah. One thing about him, I will say this, I, I do, I'm do. i willing to bring in an Alabama linebacker, excited about a talent like that that's recruited to a place like Alabama, would seem to have the requisite athleticism to come and play at Florida State, even if he's not upper crust and couldn't cut it at Alabama, let's say. Uh, I, I still think he'd probably be good enough to break our starting rotation. But the one thing, when you do watch him, he, he's not good in coverage. And either is DJ Lundy. So right now, the guy that you have that's good in coverage, and that's something a linebacker must be able to do, is you have to – Nicholson's the only guy you have that can really help you in coverage at linebacker right now. I think he can. My hope is that Cryer has a really good camp as well. He came in late in the process in fall, uh, transferred from Northwestern. Uh, but that's a player that if you're looking for somebody to attach hope to, that would be the player I'm looking at to see maybe he has a spring that turns some heads. Otherwise, yeah, you are leaning on a forced development for Blake Nicholson. You know, he played a lot of positions in high school, a lot of different positions. And what they talked about this fall was, well, okay, now you need to specialize. And just because you're, you know, a great athlete doesn't mean at the level at Florida state that you're going to be able to hide, you know, you can hide your, deficiencies either with instinct or technique through your athleticism it overcomes it it just doesn't happen at the college level so they were hoping he was going to take a step forward in development as he specialized in the position of linebacker well now you need it to happen ideally you want to be in a position where somebody's in their third year in the program when you need it to happen to round out your two deep that's where they stand right now now there is another portal window in the spring but it kind of sucks that you can't you know Find more solutions now, and DJ helps, no doubt, but find more solutions now that could be integrated with the practices in spring, which would be very valuable. Even if you're a veteran, to be able to get here for an extra camp would be very valuable for you know, uh, projecting out what you could be in the fall. 
Yeah, and don't go crazy on a day-to-day basis waiting on the good and the bad of all this. I think there's good news on the horizon for Florida State here. It continues to trend in that direction. I compliment the battles in for a lot of this. I know they're working very hard. I know Mike Norvell is working very hard. So if you get some uh, uptick and more you know, position fill uh, with quality players, if you're able to get a Ferguson, we'll see. Maybe we'll know something within the week on him. I think that, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really counting on that being something that maybe works out for Florida State here. Uh, rumor is they're fighting with Oklahoma for that kid. So let's see who wins that battle. Uh, beats the hell out of fighting with, say, Georgia for that that kid right now. You know, Oklahoma is not exactly uh, as much as I like Oklahoma and have talked about that in the past. I mean, that's that's we're formidable in this realm. I think we can compete with Oklahoma, let's put it that way. Uh, the other offensive lineman that Florida State's been looking at is the the kid, Richie Leonard, from Florida. We'll see if they bring him in. Uh, I would like another defensive lineman, and obviously at this point, really all I'm looking at is uh, two or three linebackers, Tom. And then I'd say, let's ride. Let's go. Got us some. We've got quarterback. We, we, we upgraded in the secondary as well. Got speed at wide receiver as well as a return specialist. I already like our situation at running back. I think it's pretty good. You saw the battles in has done a good job of retaining a number of players that have been announced in the last 48 hours, um, some of whom are difference makers that you need to retain, others of uh, whom are, are depth pieces. But I think it's starting to come together and make for a pretty interesting spring roster. Florida State does not look like a team that was going to go and, and did go. 13 and 0 this past year only to take a step back to 7 and 5. I think right now you can start to say, "All right, maybe a tick up here in worst case scenario, best case scenario." Uh when we do that, when we gauge percentages and we say, "What what are they worst case scenario?" I think you'd go from 7 and 5 worst case scenario to probably 8 and 4 with what they've added. And uh who knows, maybe by the end of spring we're saying 9 and 3, 10 and 2 worst case scenario. That'd be something. Cuz remember, despite what we thought, you know, Going into last year, there were some subtle things that still needed to be done to get you to project some elite season on the heels of 10-3. and three. That final thing that had to be done and was done was bringing in Keon Coleman. Now, they retained superstars like Jordan Travis and Jared Verse. We knew that was important. But I'm talking about going in the portal and bringing others in. Getting Keon Coleman, that's when, Tom, we were like, oh, whoa, forget it. You're going to put him on the other side of Johnny Wilson, and now you've got these tight ends to boot. We already were loaded in the backfield. you got Jordan Travis to return. you got depth pieces on the offensive line. Only then did we start talking about 10-2, and 11-1, 12-0 being a possibility. For Florida State, I'm not projecting them there right now, but I would tell you that I think with these additions, and i got a sense they're going to add more here. There's real positive momentum that they're going to add more here. Uh, and then you get D.J. Lundy back, who, again, is not a world-beater at linebacker, but he's not terrible. He's an average linebacker, and you need a guy who's played a lot of football at that position. You need bodies there. So getting him back is a plus today. I would tell you that, uh, okay, you know, right now I, I still feel good that the worst-case scenario has probably moved to 8-4. and four. Uh, Best-case scenario is still on the horizon. Let's see what else they add. Yeah, they're a lot closer to, as you like to say, let's let's just make it happen. Let's roll it out there and see what we got. They're a lot closer to that now than they were a week ago. The funny thing is, you know, bringing in Keon, bringing in Jaheim, and as loaded as that offense was, the season didn't play out the way we thought it would, which is that this offense is going to break 50 on the regular. The defense is going to struggle, but are they going to be competent enough to complement an explosive top three offense in the country in order to win the games necessary. Instead, what ended up happening was there were moments that the offense looked like it, we were hoping that it would look like. 
Their injury luck was awful. 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 And and the defense, honestly, was the group that if you want to talk about putting the team on their back between the two sides, the defense did it more often than the offense did it this year. And I could say it was a dead heat before Jordan got hurt that the defense put the team on its back more than the offense did. So you never know how it's going to play out. But the the more good talent you have, obviously, you could be in a position like, Florida State was where they could have won the national championship with a backup quarterback because of what that defense had turned into by the end of the season. And I like to see that they're fortifying the defensive line right now. Again, it's assuming that they retain both Jackson and Farmer. But if you do that and you bring in a Lolo Hea or you bring in the kid from uh, yeah, they, Zion from, from Michigan State. Yeah, they might get both. Yeah. If you get, I mean, well, if you get both. This is something where they like to rotate a lot as it is. You are absolutely well. You've certainly you've changed your rotation where you're not having to rotate in a, a, a Gilbert Edmond who was no longer on the team, obviously, but he also wasn't any good. So now all of a sudden you're like, okay, all right, now now we're upgrading again, raising the floor of talent, uh, not just for your starters but for your backups and those rotations. Yes, they like to rotate a lot of people, but if you upgrade the skill level that's being rotated in each time it happens, hell yeah, uh, I'm in. Uh, I'd be excited about all of this. Uh, by the way, it was a weird year last year, Tom, to your point about what we thought we had and what we ended up having. You know, you come out the gates, you score 45 points against LSU. You really kind of do whatever you want in the passing game against them. Uh, your your big signing was Keon Coleman, and he was a superstar in that football game. Jaheim Bell was another big-time player that you were excited about by bringing him in at tight end. He was healthy to start the year. He made big plays in that game. He looked lightning quick. All of a sudden, you thought, okay, here we go. We're all set. 66 points against Southern Miss. You didn't even play very well against them. Then you had the hiccup, which was the the flu game against Boston College, in which you got – it was weird. You really started fine in the first half. People forget that. But then you got kind of bogged down and it avalanched on you, and the next thing you know, you're sucking wind. Got guys rotating that could barely breathe. You hold on, win 31-29. You don't look good at all on offense against Clemson, but you win the game on the road. You're the only ACC team to beat them at Clemson, and you win that game 31-24 in overtime. And it really was just kind of the trying to make big plays, just throw it over their heads over and over because you could not run the ball to save your life. Virginia Tech was a team you had overwhelmed. You also had a big special teams play there. It was a weird game, 39-17. Syracuse couldn't play. Then the Duke game. Then we start getting into all of where we're trying to figure out exactly what we are. But I would argue down the stretch, Pitt, Miami, obviously North Alabama where Jordan gets hurt. We weren't playing well on offense in that game. Got We were getting beaten the first quarter to a point where he has to decide to run. Uh, unfortunately, it's a devastating decision, and it leads to a broken leg. And then, obviously, the offense didn't perform the rest of the year. So it was just a strange campaign. You never got everything clicking the way you wanted it to because of the injury luck that you're alluding to. But at this point, I think you would want to you know, go back and say, all right, well, what worked, what didn't work, and what are they trying to change? I think that they look at all of those games and say, save for the first few, they never really had an explosive explosive option down the field. That's what this offseason has told me. They are grabbing speed. Not all of it was terribly productive in, in, at their last stop. Some of it was. But they're grabbing guys that can really fly. They want to stretch the field. And they've got the quarterback to do it. Like, you know, yeah, it's a big arm. Was- We've had some quarterbacks over the years. Like if this was Hornerbrook, that would not be a wise idea. But you have DJ, and DJ's got a freaking cannon. 
And if DJ, for whatever reason, got banged up in a series or two or a quarter, Brock has a cannon. So you're, you're all set there speed-wise. The other thing I think, well, two things. Number one, I'd say the ideal version of our team, we got to see for one half, and it was the second half against LSU. That was it. The rest of the year, there were circumstances, injuries, whatever, where you didn't get to see that team at full strength. It never happened again. So that's why if you get a half like you do against LSU, and it happens next season, like soak that in. Really enjoy that post game. <laughs> There's no guarantee it's going to continue. <laughs> I mean, it didn't for us. Now, some games were easy, but it never looked like that. No, that was no, no. an avalanche of its own kind. And that was 2013-esque, that avalanche that they put on LSU. And we didn't get to see that again. Now, the defense did that for stretches. The Louisville game looked like 2013, the way that they played. It was tremendous. But the other thing I'd say that they're shopping for is while they had eight that they knew they could win with on the offensive line, and by definition, they did win with eight. They won all 13 that they played. Yeah. They couldn't run their stuff. They couldn't run their bread and butter stuff. Well, they couldn't run the ball. And Right. So that, And that's you could tell that they were kind of staggered when they're getting hit with a jab where they can't run their, their base plays, that they were out of sync, and they didn't really know what to do. Now, they were banged up at receiver as well, so that, that – all these things combined together. And I think they protected Jordan for the very thing that ended up happening to Jordan anyway against North Alabama. So all those things conspire against your consistency on offense, but they're bringing in a lot of offensive linemen where I think they want more than eight options and they want to be able to run their plays. They want to be able to run their offense and they weren't able to last year. Yeah, they got frustrated. Mike got frustrated. It, it, it got bogged down. I, I think it was extremely frustrating to watch that play out in the manner that it did. But I, if you go back and just look at FSU, we lost a lot on first down, Tom. We kept talking about this offensive line not living up to what they could have been, and it really began on first down. And you, from there, became a team that, at the end of the day, when we looked at the uh, success rate of the rushing attack and we looked at the, uh, you know, I guess you would just say total plays, scrimmage plays, rushing plays, uh, any of the explosive plays. You had some explosiveness to your offense because of Trey Benson. So people might get it skewed. They might look at those and see these explosive plays. So what are you talking about, Jeff? In the run game, we had all these big plays. But if you went down to down and you look at those numbers, down to down, it ain't good. It ain't good. They got to get that back because two years ago they could. I did the the report on that with the uh, the help of Sports Info Solutions data. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember that I one. I do, but yeah. So getting to the line of scrimmage, we were about as good last year in terms of contact rate against the running back, how often you get without harm, without being touched, to the line of scrimmage. And really it was to that first level, but we were not adept because we we love to pull and, and create angles and do all that stuff. The downfield blocks, the agility to get downfield and seal things off, that was the difference. We had explosive plays, sure. A lot of them were house calls, but not nearly as many not nearly as consistently as two years ago. That running game turned in a lot of 12s and 18s and 22-yard gains in addition to the home runs. This one, it was 2, 3, 6, 3, 2, 1, negative 1, 60. Like, it looked more like the Jayshon Corbin, LaDamian Webb (laughs) Florida State than it did, you know, the one from 2022, which was just a running game that got off the bus and they knew that they could put it on you for 300 yards if that's what Mike wanted to do on that given day. Mike will go into the offseason, oddly enough, 
kind of frustrated because uh, we, well, I, I say oddly enough, we already know what happened with the snub. I'm not talking about that. But when he goes back and looks at the offensive numbers and the success rate, he knows that they could be so much better if they have some semblance of a running game. Their uh, total EPA in the run game was 94th. It was per play 91st. It was per game 92nd. That ain't it. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. All right, get started on your New Year's resolutions with my friends at Factor. I actually use Factor at the house. I'll tell you about that in a second. You're all ready for the new year. You want to eat healthy, and this is ready-to-eat meal delivery that takes the stress out of meal planning, sets you up for success in the new year. And I can attest to this. I'm not real consistent when it comes to cooking, and we're busy in the household here. So you need something that's nutritious. You need something that doesn't have you running around frantic trying to prepare lunch or dinner. And you want to know that what you're getting is quality, and you get that with Factor. And, you know, you can get anything from a special occasion meal uh, where, you know, you can get seafood or meats that you like, whatever it might be. They have vegetarian as well. You stress less over your meal times knowing that you can fall back to a factor meal prepared with vegetables, with the meats that you like. Again, they do a great job of making life really easy during a busy schedule. They've got offerings like Protein Plus and Keto. Stay on track that way. Factor has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, protein, veggie sides, all that good stuff. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50. Use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. That's code Cameron50 on factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Standing on the corner with a nickel or a dime, there used to be a rail car to take you down the line. All right, so we've got news out of the NFL very quickly. Pete Carroll out. Pete Carroll done as the Seahawks coach will stay with the team. So there is another shakeup in the NFL. Meanwhile, in Chicago, Eberflus is staying. They do fire their OC. And then that question becomes, do the Bears draft quarterback Caleb Williams in the first round with the number one pick? Because they got it, and a lot of people are leaning in that direction. Do they hold on to Justin Fields or try to trade him from there? Uh, Drake May likely to go second to Washington, and then from there we start getting into all. It's funny, the the thought is the first three might be quarterbacks, first three to four might be quarterbacks. Uh, By the way, could you pass, Tom, on Marvin Harrison Jr. if you were Chicago? I know you got that a one pick, but you could trade down in this draft and get Marvin Harrison Jr. Also have the ninth pick, I believe, right? Yeah, I, it gets interesting. If, if you're trying to assess, do you keep your quarterback? Because if you keep fields, then that opens up all sorts of possibilities about pick loading and roster loading. So I, if you keep him... And you trade out of one, then you could you could really fill up your roster with a ton of talent. So I think they still need to go with a new quarterback. I can't imagine this charade goes on longer. The field story is nice. I am I am 
curious as to why they kept their coach, though. I figure with as many guys as that that are hitting the open market right now, and I think the Pete Carroll thing, where he is no longer the head coach, but he's an advisor, that's for draft capital to see if they can go get a pick or two for Pete Carroll no longer being in Seattle as the active head coach. That's a wise play. Did you see the report about Tennessee and Vrabel that essentially they were too lazy to hang on to him to make a trade? Yeah, to, to make a, a trade. Level? Yeah. So they said the hell with it. This is too hard. It's very weird to me because Vrabel, at least in NFL circles, well, I'll just say this uh, observationally. Two years ago, I think it was, he was the coach of the year. So – you just fired a guy that was the coach of the year two seasons ago and is universally respected in terms of acumen for the game. Now, that roster needs an overhaul, but, you know, he just won the last game. It wasn't a have-to-win game. They knocked Jacksonville out of the playoffs. His players love him. He just won coach of the year two years ago, and you get rid of him? That's bizarre. So everybody just kind of assumed, what, that he's now going to be the next Patriots coach and that we'll hear that Bill Belichick is out? Probably, because he fits, obviously, with New England perfectly. That's a weird set of circumstances. I don't know where uh, – I mean, I, I'd i like Mike Vrabel in Tampa. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, but Marvin Jones' question is, is an interesting one, though, because there are just – there are times where it feels like a franchise is cursed and, and you cannot have true dominance at receiver. Now, I know – with uh, oh, what's his name with the uh, with the glasses? He had two thousand yard receivers at the same time at Chicago. Mark Tressman, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, that coach. First time it had ever been done in their franchise history. But you you can stem the tide with one correct decision. Like for example, Buffalo forever and a day. I feel like I felt like could never have a true number one receiver. But they and then they got Stephon Diggs, yeah. and Diggs has been phenomenal. Cold weather, warm weather, doesn't matter. He be dominates. nice if Josh Allen didn't miss him 60 yards downfield when he's wide open, but okay. Oh, man. I don't know. With- Josh Allen's a weird player, man. He is either the best player on the field or what the hell are you doing? Well, and all of the outdoor games, including Tampa, there's a front that's going down there for rain more than, you know, bad cold weather. But the game in Kansas City and the game of Buffalo, both are going to be apparently treacherous weather-wise. Kansas City, it's zero degrees. Yeah, zero degrees, yeah. Dolphins have to be happy they choked at home so that they could go on the road to play in two-degree weather. (laughs) There's your reward. And then, hey, at least least Robert Kraft knows that flight in case he wanted to start the day in Jupiter. (laughs) He could fly to Kansas City. Knows it well. But then the Buffalo game potentially could have 20 to 30 mile an hour sustained winds in the cold. So, like – just figuring out what Josh Allen or Diggs could do from, say, perhaps a uh, a little Thursday perspective uh, would be very difficult to nail down. Some of you took advantage of my suggested bet last week that you take Josh Allen over 35 yards rushing, and we got back in the winner's circle on the player props for everybody there. I think when the games matter and you, it, you know, you, you've got to have it, Josh Allen is allowed to take off, and he is a freakish athlete and a big, strong man, and now if it's going to be – Crazy windy. Well, interested to see that player prop. That's probably going to be high because they're going to. They know they got to run him. They know that he's going to run. Um, so it will be interesting to find out uh, the way those games play out. I this this is an interesting question from the. You and I love the draft and we love playing the role. Every 
NFL fan does this for their own team, and I think a lot of us do it for other people's teams just because it's a fun exercise to figure out what you get right and what you get wrong, and we all get a lot right and a lot wrong, as do NFL GMs. That's why it's a fun thing to do because you're like, yeah, I know that guy gets paid an exorbitant amount of money and probably has a greater football knowledge than me, yet they get it wrong all the time, so I'm going to engage in this little dance. And that's especially true at quarterback. And if you're Chicago, you kind of have to you kind of have to draft the quarterback, don't you? Yeah. The thing is, which one? That's that's. I mean, that sounds like such an obvious question to ask, but I mean, Caleb didn't have that great of a year, and that was a yeah a, a ridiculous situation. I mean, they're in a situation where every game, you know, you got to score fifty, and you got to yeah, throw yeah, it a gazillion times, and they never get stops the, ever. Agreed. But the problem is, do you do you create awful habits for a quarterback? out of this necessity of him trying to win in a great year uh, or or create a great year solely by his greatness uh, and and you're trying to make the playoff and it's got to be him dropping 50 a week, is he now a turnover machine because of a forced habit? And at at Chicago, that's you're going to have to overcome some stuff. There's a reason that they are still picking in the top 10, even though they already have the number one pick from Carolina. It's not like they improved themselves a whole ton of the season anyway. Go back through the history of Chicago football. I mean, they've never really had an elite quarterback ever. McMahon wasn't an elite quarterback. He was perfect for that team, but that was the defense. You know, that was a, a, a Walter Payton, and then on the other side was the defense. But you, know, you go back through it, they just never really had it. I mean, F and A, Rex Grossman took the Bears to the Super Bowl. Well, there, there you go. It was Jay Cutler and Alshon Jeffrey for like 10 minutes, and that's yeah, about it's it. Frustrating, yeah. Uh, good work out of you, sir. Good work, director. Appreciate it as always. Thanks to all of you. Be well. Peace. We'll talk to you tomorrow.